center and coming in is Bloom. Millendike centered it. Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Ryan Pike on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, happy Friday. Let's get it going. This hour of Flames Talk underway from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Friday, June 16th with Pike. I'm Steinberg. It's a uh, Friday. I would suggest, Pike, that this has been, if I were to suggest, first of all, hello. Uh, Hi. If I were to suggest that this has been a busy week, would you concur? I I would. It's it's been a newsworthy few days. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's been a newsworthy spring, and it's not even officially summer for five more days. Well, I, when when the 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 new the the Thursday big news dropped that Jerome McGinley is returning to the Calgary Flames as special advisor to the general manager, I tweeted just the list of press conferences we've had I know. since the season ended, and that's not including you know the uh, the exit interviews with the, the players. So if you include that, we've had like six fairly substantial days of hockey news. And, uh, you know, based on what all the chatter is, it is there right now. Yeah, I don't think we haven't gotten into player movement yet. And we've had six major press conferences. Yep. Uh, Flames Talks available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe. We'd love to have you along for the Flames Talk ride. And uh, because it's been such a busy busy week, I thought it was a good hour uh, to kick things off or a good way to kick things off this hour with your Flames Talk Week in Review. Go through what we have seen, what we have heard, and what we have or, or, or what we already know that has gone down this week. And it did all start on Monday of this week with the hiring of Ryan Huska as the 24th head coach in franchise history. I think 19 of them as the team's been here in Calgary. So it's a job he's been working for for years, for the last almost full decade. He's been climbing his way up the pro hockey ladder for the last two plus decades. He's been climbing up the North American hockey coaching ladder and he's done so successfully and is now a head coach in the NHL for the first time and he was introduced to all of us on Monday as the head coach of the Calgary Flames. He sat down in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge with us on Flames Talk for an exclusive chat and uh, we asked him why now? There's been a lot of talk, Pike. There's been a lot of skepticism out there about whether or not promoting a guy from an assistant to a head coach at the NHL level is the smart way to go about things and I asked Ryan why now he believes he is ready to be an NHL head coach. There's two things with that. Um, the first one is my knowledge of the players. I, I think that's that's a really important thing. And, and some people will look at it as, well, that might be a negative thing because he's been around the room and um, it might not be something you want a fresh voice in there, whatever the case may be. But I look at it the opposite way. Uh, it's a positive thing where I have a, a relationship with these guys already. So there isn't that phase where you got to figure each other out um you know and then i keep going back to the experiences that i've had and and people always say well it's it going from an assistant to a head coach within the same team is not an easy thing to do um but i don't buy that you know i really don't because i feel like that's part of the process that i had to go through um now i have an understanding of the demands that are on players that are on the staff 
Um, I understand the travel. I understand that everything that comes along with being in the NHL. And I would say that, you know, when you're younger, and it's the same from when I went from junior to the American League, you're like, oh, this is going to be easy, no problem. And you find out pretty, pretty quickly that it's hard. Um, and Brad, Brad Treleving told me one time early on, like, if you go up there and you're not ready for it, they will chew you up and spit you out. And I, in my head, I'm like, come on, I'm ready for this. Yeah. And then you realize pretty quickly, no, I'm not. So maybe my long-winded answer for you is um, I realize now there is no hesitation. Um, I am confident that I can do this job now, and I'm, I'm extremely excited about this opportunity. So that was Ryan Huska with us on Monday in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge, and uh, he joined the boys on the Big Show Friday morning. That is available on the Big Show podcast right now. A couple of segments with the new head coach of the Flames. He's been doing his media rounds. Stop by with the guys on the Big Show Friday morning. But, Pike, I know there are some, uh, and, and, and I can understand it to an extent, that are not thrilled with the decision is less to do with Huska and more about the idea that they are going again from an assistant to a head coach within the same organization. And people point to Jim Playfair and how that didn't work. He had one full season before he was demoted. And Jeff Ward, who as a full-time head coach, got 26 games before he was fired. Neither of those worked out swimmingly well for the Calgary Flames. But to me, this one has a great chance of bucking that trend great chance of not having some of those challenges be the downfall because of how well respected I know he is inside that room. And the fact that Pike, we're not talking about a guy who's getting his first head coaching job. He's been a head coach at two high levels for a long time before. And, and I do think that there is a a built in respect that goes along with the way that he has worked his way up the ladder and has again, don't get mad at me for saying it, but he's paid his dues and paid his dues successfully. We're not just talking about a guy who has hung around. We're talking about a guy who has had success at every level along the way as an assistant and as a head coach, and now he's getting his first gig and first opportunity as a head coach in the NHL. I'm less worried about the jump from assistant to head coach in this situation. Yeah, and and I agree with you, and I think the, the big difference for me comparing Ryan Huska to you know, some historical examples of, of Flames assistants that became head coaches, you know, is just the situation because, I mean, you know, things did not go well last season. Let's just call a spade a spade. It was just, it was not the season that anyone involved sort of sat down and envisioned at any point. It was a disaster. But I think having Craig, who was, you know, in the sidecar, for lack of a better term, for the disaster, you know, and having Ryan Huska, who is, you know, very much sort of on the staff for the disaster. I think they have a a really good perspective on what the needs are of the current group as, as comprised. And, you know, if you're thinking, you know, if you came in from the outside as a coach or as a manager, how much time would you lose figuring out the group? How much time would you lose learning the ropes, learning the city, learning the staff, learning the individual personalities? And I don't think they have to deal with that here. And I think given the circumstances, given the expectations, and given the, the personalities and people involved, I think that's a huge benefit. So I think, you know, I, I understand the perspective of, oh, last season was terrible, so you got to fire everybody and start from scratch. I understand the temptation. And in some circumstances, that would make sense. But if you're keeping the good chunk of the roster around and you're keeping, you know, a lot of the big foundational pieces 
you know, you still need to figure out. I mean, would 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 someone who has never worked with Jonathan Huberdeau before have a, as much insight potentially into figuring out how to get Jonathan Huberdeau's swagger back mm-hmm. as Ryan Huska would, or as Craig Conroy would? My my thought process is probably not. Yeah. So I I especially think because especially after what happened last year. Yeah. And so when you have the eighty four million dollar man in house, and for better or for worse, your job is to maximize him. You know, your job is to build around him and make him the best player he can be until the money on that deal runs out. In I forget what year it is. Yeah. You're that's the gig, and the assignment the assignment is figure him out. And the guys I think who can figure him out or have the best chance at figuring him out are probably the guys they chose. And the other thing that I would say is, if if you are a believer in Craig Conroy as the general manager, then this was his guy from the get-go. This was the guy that he wanted before the general manager decision was made. And this is the guy that he was talking about when he was going through his interviews, I believe. That Ryan Huska was the guy from the start for Craig. He's believed in him before Brad Treliving walked away. I think that had, had Tree stayed and Daryl gone... I think Craig Conroy would have been pushing hard for Ryan Huska from what I understand. Yep. And uh, Tree left. Conroy was in the mix for general manager. He was pushing hard for Ryan Huska then. So this was the guy for Craig all along. And if you've got faith in Craig as the GM, then I, I think you should have faith in the coaching hire as well. As this, was, this was the guy, and they went through the process. They talked to 15 people. They narrowed it down to four. There were first-time head coaches and experienced head coaches and all of that in the mix, and they're going with Ryan Ryan Huska. So, yeah. look, I don't know if it's going to be successful. I think he, I think it's the right hire in June. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see in December of 2022 or 2023, and I can't see in December 2022, and we'll see in December of 2024. Like, we'll see yeah. as it goes on. But for what I know about the situation today, this week, I think it's the right hire. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add this. I mean, you know, Craig... When we he did his introductory press conference, emphasized the need to get young guys in the lineup and and integrate them and maximize them because between the cap realities and just the the energy factor, you need young guys in the lineup regularly to be successful in the NHL. And if that's the assignment, especially internal internal candidates, if you look at Ryan Huska's track record, we we had Rasmus Anderson with us on with us early in the week. You know, Rasmus Anderson might be the poster boy for here's a guy who needed to do some work. And Huska's the guy that A, kicked him in the butt and got him to do the work, and B, was able to really help integrate him into the National Hockey League level and maximize him. So if you're thinking to yourself, man, I'd love to see Matthew Phillips in the Flames next year if he resigns. I'd love to see Pelche. I'd love to see Coronado. Uh, I'd like to see how, how Schilling can, can do after a year away. If you're someone who's looking at these pieces who are brand new or returning and going, oh, man, it'd be great if they could take a step. This guy, A, knows them very well from being the organization, mm-hmm. and B, has a really strong track record and, and a lot of credibility with the young guys in that locker room, so that if you're a Matt Coronado, and it's a sleepy January against Nashville on a Wednesday, and you're sort of, you know, you're sort of in your head a bit, because maybe you had a bad week, you'll have, and you know, Manchipani and Anderson put Pat me on the back and saying, listen to Huska, he, he got us here, and well, I, think that's, I think that's a big thing. I... 
I do too, and I think it's important. And it's funny is as we continue on our weekend review on this Friday edition of Flames Talk with Pike and Steinberg, we had Rasmus Anderson on, as you mentioned, on Tuesday, and this will be the eighth consecutive year this season, this coming season, that Anderson has played on a team either head coached or assistant coached by Ryan Huska. Um, seven consecutive years they've been together. It all started back in 2016-17 when Ryan Huska was in his. I guess that would have been his third season as head coach in the American League and Rasmus's first year as a full-time pro with AHL Stockton. And it did not, uh, not that it didn't go well, but it wasn't easy for Rasmus as a first-time pro. Well, just listen to him. There were uh, a lot of growing pains along the way. Looking back at it, I'm really happy I had that year. And I'm really happy that, you know, Husk was on me every day, every single day. But, you know, I was I was not in my best shape. I needed to get better. I needed to get, lose a few uh, pounds. And, I, you know, I was a little bit lazy coming from juniors and um, that kind of stuff. And and Husk was on me from the first day to the last day in Stockton. And that's what I needed at, at that time. I'm sure at times I, you know, I hated him. He probably hated me too. <laughs> and um, but that's how you grow. And then, you know, I went home, I did the worst that summer and I came back in, you know, better shape and uh, a better player. And then the next year, you know, there was no issues at all. All he tried to do was help me to get to that next step. And um, he really gives you that confidence to play. And uh, but at the same time, he holds you accountable um, to play a certain way. And, um, you know, he has to feel, um, you know, me and him, we joke about it sometimes, uh, that I call it the green light. Just give me the green light, and uh, I'll go. And um, and he'll laugh. And uh, then a few times towards the end of the year, when we needed a win, he gave me the green light. And uh, so it was kind of funny. But um, you know, he's uh, without that first year in Stockton, I, you know, I would probably be still uh, lacy and still a little bit fat. <laughs> that was. That was Rasmus Anderson with us on Tuesday. Entire interview is up on the Flames Talk podcast. But and and not just that clip. Multiple times, Rasmus referenced the fact that he would not be the NHL player he is today, and not just because of that first year, but all along the way, whether it be in the American League of the last five years in the NHL with Ryan Huska. That you know Huska's been huge for him in getting to the point where. He's Calgary's number one def- number one defenseman. He's the guy who plays the most minutes. He's the guy that you're going to look to next season as the offensive driver from the back end, as the number one power play quarterback, as the guy out there against top players, maybe a future captain on this team. He's not there if if it's not for the work that he did with Ryan Huska all along the way. Yeah, and you know, and Anderson's become a, a pretty big piece of their penalty kill. I mean, yeah. you know, his his bread and butter in the OHL was. Great offensive player, good puck mover, good good up tempo player, but he was able to like a lot of young guys are. He was he was he could get by without working too hard because he was so talented. And then when he got to the not just the NHL, the AHL, where pretty much everyone's talented, and you know it's a big adjustment. And I I think the fact that Anderson's become as good defensively and especially as used on the penalty kill and in those kind of shutdown situations, I think it says a lot about the work that Anderson's put in, but also sort of, the, like you said, the tutelage that Huska's put him through in order to not just put him there, but to put him there and having multiple head coaches have confidence in using those situations. On Thursday of this week, uh, some more rather positive news. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming back 
number 12, Jerome Aguila. Yes, Thursday, Jerome Aguila officially joined the Flames. And, and it's exactly as we've been telling you. Uh, that it probably for the first year was going to be in some sort of advisory role. And it is the special advisor to the general manager, which means he's working with his old buddy, Craig Conroy. Jerome joined us on Thursday for a pretty extensive chat and uh, broke down what it's going to be like uh, working with one of his uh, oldest friends and one of his best friends, Craig Conroy, on the same hockey ob staff. A little bit back, you know, I was... uh when I was really hoping Craig got the job, it wasn't to try to get a, a job with him. You know, it was, uh, I was really happy for him. And I think he's, you know, he's put in his time. He's a hard worker. He loves hockey. He's great with relationships, uh, you know, popular with his teammates and, you know, when he played and, uh, you know, it, it's throughout the organization. So I, I was really, really uh, excited for him when he got the job. Uh, and then, you know, when he talks about it is that, we've always shared a lot of hockey ideas together and, and love talking hockey and from when we played together to afterwards and stuff. And um, so just, a, just a, as a, a disclaimer, it wasn't trying to, you know, hope for him to, to get in it. But when he, when he approached me with that, I was very excited about it. And, um, you know, I had to sh- talk with my wife, Kara and, and the kids and stuff. And it's, you know, back in, in I, I've been a part of hockey since I've left, but, um, you know, minor hockey and, and I'm coaching at Academy and it's been, it's been great. It's been fun. It's a, a awesome job to be a part of, but now, uh, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a thrill again and, and exciting to, to be back with the flames and be working for Craig and trying to help him and, and the organization be successful and help where, where he sees that, that I can help them. So that was Jerome with us. That's also available for you now, uh, wherever you get your podcast on the flames talk feed turns 46 on July 1st. He looks like he's about 26. Looks as in good a shape as uh, as he's ever looked. If you he he saw looks him, younger than all of us. An ageless human, apparently. If you saw him on the uh, on the Flames TV podcast and the video chat they did with him, you're like, this man is not in his 40s. Get out of here. Um, but cool to see. And And look, I don't know what it's going to end up meaning. Like, I don't know what it's going to end up looking like. I don't know uh, to what extent this year, a year from now, five years from now, Jerome is is going to help make the team get better. I don't know to what extent. I don't know if he'll be an assistant general manager. I don't know. But, like, I know he has zero hockey ops experience, but so did a lot of other people who were former players who joined hockey ops staff. You have to start somewhere. And we can have nice things in this city. I, I yeah. know. I know that this is. Uh, I know that you're like, oh, not everybody. If, Some if, old boys club. No, it's not. <laughs> We're allowed to have nice things. Getting Jerome officially with the organization is nothing but a positive, and I think it's going to be really intriguing to see how his role in hockey ops evolves here over the next little bit. I mean, it's not like he's coming in off the couch. He's been coaching, you know, high, high level. You know, youth, youth hockey, hockey yep. for the last five or six years. So it's it's not like he's sort of it's not like that part of his mind is atrophied over the past few seasons. But also, I mean, you know, if if the worst case scenario is Jerome McGinley tries, you know, being a part time hockey ops assistant or special advisor for a year and eh, doesn't fit, doesn't like it, t- too much time, not doesn't really you know doesn't really click with him. 
there's really nothing nothing lost there, right? I mean, you try it out. It they tried it with Craig Conroy and they got a general manager out of it. They, you know, Craig Conroy when he retired. And Conroy did not know if he was going to like it or if it was going to stick. He, yeah. I, I've talked to him many times, and there were very, there, there were many times, not many times, but there were definitely times in the twelve years leading up to him getting the job where he was like, ah, should I have taken that job as the Clarkson coach? Should I have gone that route? Obviously, he made the wrong call, or the right call. But <laughs> no, he made the right call. Obviously, he made the right call by sticking with it. But yeah, like. Uh, Conroy didn't know if this is going to be the full-time thing for him and look what it turned into. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, if, if I think the fact that it's Craig Conroy, who has gone through this kind of situation before, you know, you know, Ken King infamously talked him into trying it out and then he tried it out and he did a few things that he really liked and he just took to it like a fish to water. Some people try it out and they love it and it works and they, you know, they're off to the races and some folks try it out. And they're just like, eh, not really feeling it. You know, worst case, Jerome McGinley, who basically did everything for the for the franchise aside from uh, you know lead to a parade, and there's debates about uh, a goal non goal called 04 about that. But the guy who's done that much for the organization, if he wants to try out a you know part time gig for a year, you know what's the old saying? Jerome McGinley can do what he wants, and especially in this city, especially in this city. So I mean, you know, it's it's not like he's you know they're not make they didn't make him GM. They're, he's not going to be the head coach. Uh, he's trying something out that he wanted to try out, and one of his buddies said, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's try it out. See what you like." So, I mean, you you know, in your conversation, he'll be at the draft uh, in and Nashville, he's, and he's gonna you know, it's a good chance for him to sort of get exposed to stuff, and maybe you know, during the next year, something he sees that he gets exposed to really clicks for him, and he says, "Craig, you know what I want to do next year? These four things." Or maybe at the end of the year, he goes, "Ah, I'm not really feeling it. I'm gonna go golfing." You know, I, I think either one's an equally valid proposition. Uh, and finally, the last piece of news on the Flames Talk Week in Review for this week would be um, there was one signing this week as the Flames are bringing back the pride of St. John's, Newfoundland, uh, Clark Bishop, who spent his first year in the organization all with the Calgary Wranglers. It was actually a really big part of what the Wranglers did this past year. That line with him, Kevin Rooney, and Brett Sutter was massive for the Wranglers' success. He signs a new two-year, two-way contract on Wednesday, NHL-level $775,000. Uh, so he joined the organization last summer, joined a Wranglers team that ended up being the best in the AHL during the regular season. And, uh, yeah, he uh, he knew he was joining a pretty special group. You could tell right from the start that everybody there wanted to win and get better. Uh, we have a lot of young guys there on that team that are, are fun to be around and love coming to the rink every day. It, it makes it uh, a lot of fun. Um, it only it didn't, like I said, it didn't take long at all, and we all got to know each other pretty quickly and, and kind of just ran with it. Clark joined us on Wednesday's Flames Talk after signing that new contract. An important pike to have guys like that on your American League team. He's a he's a guy, he's a tweener, he's played NHL games before and may have that opportunity down the road here, but he's also a guy that on an American League team is a good AHLer, he's a veteran with lots of pro hockey under his belt, and for the Flames... Using having good veterans on the American League team is a big part of how they develop their young players. By having it be a successful team, still putting those young prospects in high leverage spots, but also insulated with some solid veterans surrounding them. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we don't know if Brett Sutter will be back next season. I think you know a lot. Of, anyone who watched the Wranglers of last year probably hopes so because he was very effective in in his role and as the captain. 
but you know, if you're Bishop, I mean, he's won a Calder Cup in the in the recent past. I believe he won in 2018 when he was with Charlotte. That's a huge benefit for that group. And if you're the 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 Flames organization and you have you know William Stromgren coming in next year to play you know with the Wranglers, you're going to most likely have Lucas Siona coming off a Western Hockey League championship, coming into the uh, the American League level and needing to learn and needing to be mentored. I mean, I can think of a lot worse guys for these first year guys to learn from than, you know, guys like Kevin Rooney and Clark Bishop, because, you know, you're going to need to learn how to be a pro above, you know, all else. And these guys, you know, have been there, done that, and they can, you know, they can really help the coaching staff by being good mentors to these kids. So there you go. A busy week and your Flames Talk Week in Review. A lot to dive into. We dove into it there as we're underway this hour on the program. We're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. They're all things basement-y. Visit DLBasementSystemsCalgary.com. Hey, it's George Russick. And Matty Rose. We host the big show with Russick and Rose. If you miss us weekday mornings on Sportsnet 960 to fan, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, download the podcast on demand. So many places that you can find the podcast wherever you get your favorite NHL, NFL, CFL, MLB, the stories that sports fans in Calgary want to hear. We got it for you. We are the big show. Flames Talk is live on Calgary's Hockey Station, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, this hour rolls on. It's a Friday, June 16th, which means as we are chatting right now, we're less than two weeks away from the 2023 NHL draft. In fact, we are just over two weeks away from the opening of 2023 free agency. The NHL draft and uh, free agency are separated by less than 48 hours this year. Ridiculous. Steinberg Pike. And we're making it a Flames Talk Family Friday as uh, look who else is here. Aaron Vickers is with us as well. Vickers from NHL.com, the deepest recesses of your heart, and also is the the chief. um, You can just say managing editor. The chief leader, um, the proprietor and managing editor of our friends over at FC Hockey. And uh, we're going to dive into the 2023 FC Hockey Draft Guide, which is available now uh, over at NHLEntryDraft.com. I get everything right there? 100%. FC Hockey Draft Guide. NHLEntryDraft.com is the website. I was kind of distracted. I thought Cam was going to give me the round of applause coming in. I know you don't do it for just a regular co-host, but I'm a guest today, Patrick. You are a guest today. I've got the best headphones. i got the comfiest chair. We're rolling deep today, buddy. Um... The NHL draft guide is out over uh, from from FC Hockey. You can go order and download it now. Instantly. Comes comes in a very, very nice magazine format. If you're looking on a tablet, it's optimized for tablets, right? Optimized for tablets, but we do give two versions. If you want to print it off, we do a single page, and it looks fantastic printed off. The print version is what I have right in front of me, Um, and it is outstanding. And it's got this... uh, Good-looking kid from uh, the Regina Pats on the front. If you've ever heard of him. Uh, Connor Bedard is your uh, number one ranked Shocking. prospect. We'll Shocking. G- we'll get into the controversial decision uh, in just a second. But just tell us about putting together this year's draft guide. Tell us about what's new in the 2023 draft guide and more. We uh, we kept with our more traditional format. We wanted a, an ability to, again, as you mentioned, enjoy it in an optimized format on your tablet or your smartphone or your laptop, however you want to consume it digitally. But again, we also designed it in mind of the absolute diehards that have come to 
subscribe year in year out to FC Hockey. We wanted an ability to print the guide off so you can physically hold it in your hands. And in terms of our design, we did not waste one inch of space. We crammed in 200 full profiles. Our top 300 rankings are in there. We've got several different features. We've introduced skill grades for the players this year. We've got best in class sort of attributes based on region, whether it's the Ontario Hockey League, Western Hockey League, Q, USHL slash NCAA, Europe as a whole, and each individual country, whether it's Sweden, Finland, Russia. We basically wanted to design it where we can just cram as much information as possible without being overloaded, without wasting space, without giving you a single game scouting report from 2021 on a player, because quite frankly, that's not relevant. We wanted to summarize every player we could, put it in a nice condensed version, and then just make it consumable however you enjoy. What, what I really like about this year's is it's literally got everything on every profile that I need. Now, I'm doing this selfishly from yes, a broadcast are. standpoint where we'll be in Nashville on the draft floor doing the national broadcast. I think the national broadcast. You know what? I thought of you specifically as well. That's what I like to hear. And also a little bit of myself. I need a little cheat sheet every once in a while. But like we'll, we'll be sitting there doing the broadcast on Sportsnet 960 The Fan, and it'll be... Okay, number one overall, Chicago selects Connor Bedard, and I have never heard of this guy before, and I need to go and take a look at Connor Bedard. I jest, of course, but Thank you go goodness. and you take... I'm just going to take Bedard as the as the example because there you've got everything you need to know in terms of the, the measurables. Uh, position, what shot, height, weight, etc. Where he played last year, then you've got this new thing where you've got their attributes and you've graded them. Uh, so you've got different grades, above average, average, high-end, elite, and you've got skating, shot, playmaking, uh, puck, puck handling. handling, hockey sense, and competitiveness, and you rank them all. Then you get the, you get the summary, uh, paragraph summary, and then at the end, you got the conclusion in terms of what you see this guy projecting as. It's got everything that I think the the hockey fan watching round one goes a little bit slower than rounds two through seven. But if you're a hockey fan, you're a Flames fan, and you're like, okay, they just selected player X. You want all that information right at your fingertips, and you've got it right there. So I, I really like uh, I really like a couple of the new additions you've made, especially those grades on those uh, what those six different attributes for each player. And then you also do them for the goalies as well. Yeah, I had to actually count to make sure there was six there. You did it on the fly. You're much more of a math person than I am. But we, we did that. And, and to be honest, it was a little selfish. Like, we're doing the broadcast right from the draft floor. So and I'm not even going to front. I have not seen 300 draft eligibles play this year. But fortunately, we have a scouting staff of over 20, and we've covered off everyone. And so for the guys I have seen, yeah, let's riff on uh, Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli, uh, David Reinbacher, go through the list. But once we get deeper and deeper, I'm not I'm not going to pretend like I've seen every single player play. Yep. But fortunately, we have an amazing scouting staff spanning from British Columbia to right to the east coast of Canada, Finland, Sweden, uh, Austria, you name it, we're there. And now we can take all their work, put it into this 2023 NHL draft guide, and we can just roll. Uh, Pike, I heard you talking off mic before we brought Vickers Ooh. in and, and, uh, <laughs> same thing, like he, in, in terms of what you're looking for in terms of, uh, it's got, it's got all the information that you need and all the information that's going to get you as a Flames fan or an Oilers fan or a Canucks fan or whoever you cheer for, especially once you get into the mid and late rounds, you've got that information right there at your fingertips. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Let's, we're preaching to the choir in this room. We're all we're gonna be, you know, watching in person that event, bell to bell, because that's kind of our jam. That's this is like hockey Christmas. 
for hardcore fans or even fans who are just going, well, just tell me who the heck the Flames got. If you're listening to the broadcast or you're following along on Twitter, uh, the thing I like about the PDF is it's searchable. So you see a name, you go, huh, I haven't heard of that guy. Throw it in the PDF, Wait and then a second, I didn't even think about the, you know the searchability. The of searchability, it. I didn't the searchability is the thing. Like Pat, Pat's a tactile learner; he likes to have a printed off version, and it's already dog-eared and highlighted, and he printed it off like a couple days ago. Uh, me, I like to have a, the PDF because I'm lazy and I like to search things, and as long as I can spell the last names correctly, I can find information, you know, detailed scattering reports and all these guys. And if you're trying to get up to speed quickly and then start building out a, a profile on players as they are drafted, or you're trying to, you know, fans are asking you or relatives asking you, who is this uh, goalie the Flames got in the seventh round? Is he any good? Well, an easy way to sound smart is to be smart. The second best way to sound smart is to Surround yourself with the smart resources. Yeah. And uh, having a searchable, detailed draft guide is a good way of sounding smart. So let's dive in on the rankings and, and some of what we know. We're only going to be scratching the surface. We'll get more into it as we move towards the draft next week. But it's uh, Steinberg Pike and Aaron Vickers, uh, Flames Talk fam, and FC Hockey with us. Connor Bedard is the number one Runaway. prospect. Is You've been doing this thing for a long time. In terms of easiest, most consensus number one guy, where does this rank compared to other players over the last 10, 15 years? Quite easily, he's the most consensus, no nonsense, don't even overthink it, don't overanalyze anything. Just slap him at number one. Purest number one since Connor McDavid. I was going to say, Quite well, how does it how does it compare to McDavid and fifteen? They're they're almost identical, except for the fact that, and all due respect, Adam Fantilli, I don't think necessarily at the same time he's a Jack Eichel back in twenty fifteen, but it's basically as clear cut as the twenty fifteen draft. You have to put Connor if you don't put Connor McDavid number one in twenty fifteen, you're lying to yourself and you're doing it for attention. Same thing with Connor Bedard. If Connor Bedard isn't number one on your list. You're clearly doing it for clicks. You're doing it for clickbait. There's no reason to even second guess the fact that Connor Bedard isn't the runaway number one in this draft. Well, and it's like once every decade, there's that generational yes. guy. So in 05, it was Crosby. And and this is not even a knock on, I mean, I guess Ovechkin was pretty generational himself. And you know, Malkin was pretty darn generational. Um, but, you know, you get that, that generation. That was a run. You don't see that very often. But you had 05 Crosby. 15 McDavid, 23 Bedard. That's 10 and 8 between them. Where does Fantilli rank? So Adam Fantilli, who played last year at Michigan in the NCAA, is he closer to a Bobby Ryan who had a damn no. good NHL career? Or is he closer to Jack Eichel? Who He's just much won closer the to Cup? Jack Eichel. Okay. And, and if Connor Bedard weren't in this class, he would be your number one as well. There'd be some debate, and I'm sure Pike might even point a finger at me saying Matt Vemichkov in Russia would be that number one. And if he had a different, if he was from Canmore, he'd be a clear cut yeah. number one. But Adam Fantilli is as legit a number two as you will get. It just so happens he's in a draft class that has a far and away number one. So no, not disparaging Adam Fantilli whatsoever. He'd be a legit number one over the last couple of years, but he is nowhere near Connor Bedard at this point. Okay. Is that who? who does, is there anybody else near the top that really interests you, Pike? I mean, I'd I'd say Leo Carlson. I mean, I I think my big challenge is as someone who 
watches some but not a ton of international hockey, so I will concede that the FC Hockey Group, who I will say are very nice enough to, to let me bug them with my questions throughout the season, uh, but I'd say it's hard for me to get a handle on where Mishkov fits in yeah. in, in the Russian pool because because of the geopolitics, we don't need to get into the complexities of it, but because of various reasons, the Russian... There's, there's that, but there's also his contract in the KHL, too, yeah. because when he's got three more him? years. When so when gonna is he going to arrive? And not only just that, I mean, you know, the, the elephant in the room is not just the geopolitics of it, but for, correct me if I'm wrong, there's no double IHF transfer agreement correct. with Russia. I don't believe so. so. Let's just say this. If uh, Leo Carlson, to the best of my knowledge, is under contract for next year, but there's a, a transfer agreement between Sweden and 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 uh, North America. So you know if say Chicago goes you know somehow gets a second top five pick and drafts uh, Leo Carlson, Leo Carlson can come over next year. They there's mechanisms in place that Leo Carlson can be in North America in the drop of a hat. There's not a lot of yeah, you don't need weird to stuff. smuggle him out. In well, the dark in, of in the night. all fairness, though, in this conversation, Washington just. Well, the prospect, Ivan Mirashashenko, just bought out his KHL contract it's and do, is coming it's across. Possible. It's possible. possible, but it's murky and it's weird, and I can't imagine a scenario where the KHL is willing to give up their 18-year-old top-scoring players and or potentially their most offensively potent players since Alexander Ovechkin in terms of pure goal scoring. So you, you run into that little... How long do we have to wait? What kind of song and dance do we have to do? How can he arrive on our NHL roster? How long do we have to wait? And that's going to be yeah. one of the biggest narratives on day one and, of the draft. And we, we always have this conversation when it comes to college prospects because ten, the tendency for college prospects is usually the types of guys who go to college are the guys who either they have a family connection to college, so they've dreamed of playing for insert college here since they were like 16 or 14 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so they have that connection or they're guys who are sort of undersized or a little bit lanky and they need to have some years to beef up. I mean, yep. Mark Jankowski, I think is the, the, the perfect example of that where he was skin, you know, he was a rake. He was skinny as heck in his draft year and he needed some time in college to beef up, but you kind of, you know, there, there's, that's sort of a known unknown in that you just, it's just a question of, Oh, well, how fast is he going to put on weight? How quickly is he going to, uh, you know, uh, get accustomed to playing against men? How quickly will his game round out? And then is he going to play three years or four? And if he plays four, uh-oh. Yeah, but at least that's sort of that's yep. sort of a known unknown that hockey op staff sort of, they've wrapped their heads around. They sort of, they, they can understand the risks. 100%. And it's not really a curveball. Whereas with Mishkov, it's like, when St. Petersburg going to let him go? And especially what, the, the what, what happened? I, I do not know enough of the intricacies of Fedotenko's, uh, the, yeah, the, 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 his, the Philly goalie, his army obligations or whatever, yeah. however you want to call it. Yeah. Your, yeah. Your conscription of one year of service in, in the, in the army, however, however they phrase yeah. it, however the, it's the, described. Ge the geopolitical part of what's happening in, in that part of the world makes this even more complicated. And then you've got the whole idea that Mitchkov plays for one of the KHL's premier franchises and well in and, all fairness he was loaned to Sochi for much of this year he but was. he will go back He's to going St. Back Petersburg, to St. Yeah. Petersburg though and so the fact that he played like you're talking about Seska Moscow CKA St. Peter uh, SKA St. Petersburg like those are the two yes. franchises in the KHL institutions they're more than franchises they're institutions and, exactly and they they are the propaganda items in a lot of ways in that country and and so how eager is the KHL going to be to let this guy Zero. go? And that's, Zero. that's what's and, scary about the and whole if thing. And if you're a, a GM or a head scout or whoever, you know, your first round pick, especially in a draft class like this one, 
this is your your golden ticket. And like I can see, you know, potentially we always talk about this, you know, we, we'll get into this at some point in the future about sort of there's some players in this year's draft class that are sort of, you know, wild cards in terms of their size, their holes in their game, those kind of things. But if you're if you have multiple first round picks in this year's class, you can pick uh, a sure thing and then gamble on a Mishkov. But if you only have one or if you only have one pick in the first round or two, there's some risk involved. The other thing, not to interrupt you, Pat, yeah. but if you're a GM looking at taking away. Mitchkov, you might be drafting him for your successor based on timelines and whatnot. So if you're on a rebuilding team and you need to make a, a big splash and get somebody that's going to make an immediate impact, you might not be around to... You're, you're planting a tree for the next generation to enjoy the shade, basically. And yet, when you take a look at the FC hockey rankings and uh, the, the attributes, other yeah. than Bedard... He's the only one with multiple E's for elite. Yeah. Uh, you have him as an elite shot, an elite uh, puck handler, an elite hockey sense. And you talk to the you talk to NHL scouts, like you talk to, to European scouts, like this guy's offensive mind and offensive skill set is like generational level himself. And so that is that that's what throws a whole nother kind of wrench in this conversation mm-hmm. is that. This guy could be the second most talented person in the draft. He is. And his high end is enormous. He is. He's as we talked about with Bedard being the like the best prospect in the, to come through the draft since McDavid. Mishkov is the best Russian prospect to come through since Ovechkin. Like there's very little dispute in public spheres about this. He ticks so many boxes in terms of offense and scoring goals. And what's the hardest thing to do in hockey? Score goals. Yeah, that's literally his number one attribute is scoring goals. He's beating. KHL, whether you think the KHL is either the second best league in the world or the third best league in the world. It's a high-end league. It's a high-end league, and he does it routinely. Yeah, he only scored 9 and 30, but keep in mind, he's 17 for much of the year. He's 17 playing against 25, 27, 29, 31-year-olds. You don't get a lot of opportunity in the KHL. That's why he was loaned to Sochi. He wasn't getting any opportunity with his club team. Went over to Sochi and then just immediately started lighting it up. Yep. Uh, Vickers is with us. We're uh, talking about the FC Hockey Draft Guide, which is out right now. We'll tell you a little bit more about where you can get it in uh, just a few minutes and a special Sportsnet 960 or Flames Talk listener code that you can get in on as well. As of right now, the Flames select number 16 overall. So before we get into who might be available for the Flames at 16, Vicks, tell us about how FC Hockey grades the ledges. It's one of the things that we always talk about, the ledges in in each draft and you know you go from obviously you got Bedard and then there's a drop and then there's a few people where do you see the different groupings there's certainly well very clearly evident thanks tips number one is its own ledge and then number two through number six ish when you go from Fantilli to Mitch Cobb to Carlson to American Will Smith to Zach Benson who played for the Winnipeg Ice that's probably another ledge and then we'll rest, say rest in peace rest by in the peace. Way, to the Winnipeg Ice go wild um, neither here nor there. And then once you get seven, then you can sort of get into a mishmash somewhere seven to 13, seven to 15, depending on how you feel about certain players. And then you get another run, another ledge where you're, you're going somewhere around 15 to, I would wager 23, 26, even you can go 28 or 29, depending on how you feel about some of these players. But the Calgary flames picking at number 16, I think they're in a good spot. One, we're going to see some surprises. We're going to see some things that or you, you do year in, year out. You either see a guy jump significantly. Uh, you either see a guy slide significantly. Like these are things that happen annually. 
Number 16, and this is a deep draft. Let's If we're grading the draft as a whole, this mm-hmm. is one of the deepest drafts in recent memory. So this isn't like picking, you know, 12 last year or 13 the year before. Like 16 is going to get you a guy that has potential to be a top-line player. And I would wager, with no disrespect to what the Calgary Flames already have in their pool, this number 16 pick should jump to number one in their prospect pool. Okay. So if you're the Calgary Flames and you're picking at 16, you can feel pretty good about yourself. Yeah, and and my my big thing is you, know, you talk about this. Uh, you know, I, I sort of flash back to to twenty twenty just in terms of that was the, the year the Flames traded down twice was and that, got extra. Was picks. that a COVID draft? Yeah, that, was that was one of the, the COVID. That, that was, was the first the, Zoom draft. That was, was, the that, first I was gonna say, draft. is that the day two that lasted nine hours? Yeah, yeah. that was that the was, day two I, that I think I've still struck, is going yeah. on right now. I've yeah. struck that from memory. I'm sorry, Pike. That one's dead to me. But I remember that first that first round and talking to scouts afterwards, and you know the Flames very famously traded down yes. twice because they you know they they saw guys in their ledge and they had multiple guys they saw in their ledge and went, ah, let's get another third two. And they did that twice and still got Connor Zary. This kind of feels to me like this has the potential of, you know, you mentioned the, the ledges of, you know, up to 15, the ledge before the flames, potentially, you know, one or two of the, yeah. the guys in that upper ledge follow the flames and you're Craig Connery sitting there going, sweet. We got a couple guys to choose from. This is great. Let's just take somebody and, and go, you know, and go off. And, there's also the possibility that all 15 of those guys in that ledge, you know, one guy gets picked, the 15th guy gets picked at 15, and you go, well, trade down. This this feels like 16, like round 15, 16 where the Flames pick feels like could be the beginning of the chaos because, you know, looking at if you're if you're someone who's looking at various draft rankings of the various outlets, yeah. uh, FC and the other ones. Uh, and the other ones. And the other ones. You can name them if you want. I'm not going to. I don't know of any other ones. I don't know. Sportsnet puts out rankings apparently, uh, but this there's a there's a complete lack of scouting consensus. It seems after yeah. about twelve to fifteen, and then it's a swirl, and the swirl could result in a lot of stuff happening in the back half of the first round. What's fun is, as you mentioned, there's very little consensus on a number of players, and there are a few players that are consistently top 10 in other public sphere lists that we have like one for example is ryan leonard of the national team development program we have him at 22 a lot of people have him as a top 10 pick so he's one you look at a guy like uh, nate danielson we got him 27 on our list i've seen him top 15. List, yeah top 15 so there's it's gonna be fun because well certain outlets have different preferences and different guys in different slots so even when you say it's 16 and you go to our rankings at nhlentrydraft.com backslash rankings. There are guys lower than 16 that are prime candidates to not be available at 16 for the Calgary Flames. Well, and the thing that you yeah. learn going to, I, I like, honestly, one of the things that uh, is, is very, very, uh, that I'm very proud of is how many drafts we've been able to cover at this, at this outlet. And you, you go to as many of them as, as you know, you go to a lot of them and you realize that, you never get to see the lists, but nope. you talk to different directors of amateur scouting or GMs, and the lists vary widely oh, from yeah. team to team. So you're talking about the different outlets, so FC Hockey to Outlet A, Outlet B, and Outlet C, all kinds of di- Yes, Bedard's one and Fantilli's two, but lots of variants from there on out. And then you go take a look at, at the Flames versus the Oilers versus the Canucks versus the, the Stars. The Flames, for completely example. Completely different. They might get their fourth-ranked player yeah. the Flames only The Flames, we got we to gotta start to wrap up here, but the Flames, the Flames only do 
50, I believe, around 50 yep. people on their list. You've got 300 that you rank. Yes, the Flames now, only rank like 30 to 50 guys. Now, and, and to just for clarity, our ranking isn't a projection of where they're going to go. It's, it's where we rankings. have them slotted. Yes. We're not doing a mock draft with our rankings. We're doing, if we were Team 33, <laughs> this would be our list. Now, granted, Team 33 wouldn't have a 300-player list. We just do that for the sake of the reader, the enjoyer, the draft fanatic. Uh, so... Just for sake of conversation, as we start to wrap things up with Mr. Vickers, uh, the 16th ranked prospect on the FC hockey board is Mikhail Gulyev uh, yep. from Omsk in Russia. He's a defenseman, and you have him ranked 16th. Uh, kind of uh, give or take in front and behind. At 14, you've got Gabe Perot of the U.S. Uh, under-18 national development team. You've got Michigan's Gavin Brindley, a Fantilli teammate at 15th, another center iceman. Then at 17th, you've got UConn winger Matthew Wood. And at 18th, Moose Jaw center Braden Yeager. So that's kind of the 14th through 18th, 16th right in the middle for the Calgary Flames. We'll do more on this next week for sure. Uh, but as we start to wrap up, where can people go to get the draft guide? And give us the promo code too. Uh, NHLEntryDraft.com backslash guide if you want to get there direct. If you want to check out some of the features we have on the site, go backslash news. If you want to check out our rankings, go NHLEntryDraft backslash rankings. Uh, if you're a subscriber, you can access a 1,000 scout, single-game scouting reports from the 2022-2023 season at backslash reports. And if you want to pick up the guide, again, backslash guide, use promo code SN960 to save 25% off the top. That'll be site-wide. So whether you want to subscribe to the site to access the scouting reports, whether you just want the guide, if you want to do both, you can probably parlay that 25% on top of our membership price, which is 40% off. That'll save you. I'm not a good mathematician, Pike. I don't know what it does, but that's your best bang for your buck. NHLEntryDraft.com backslash guide, promo code SN960. So NHLEntryDraft.com is your main landing page. It's the FC Hockey 2023 Draft Guide, and you can save 25% off the top by using the promo code SN960. Uh, we're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Do you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Visit DLBasementSystems.com for a free estimate. They are all things basement -y.